Welcome to episode 25 of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. I'm excited that you're here today because uh, we have a different guest on than uh, than we normally have, right? Normally we have real estate brokers coming on. Um, and today uh, I wanted to bring somebody on who's in a different side of our industry and educate us about, uh, about wholesaling. All right, so I'm gonna cue up the music. We're gonna get started because I'm really excited about this conversation. Welcome to the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast, where we have real raw conversations with industry leaders, finding out how to connect, support, lead, and ultimately make an impact and drive results in the lives of your agents. I'm your host, Nathan Daniel, and welcome to the show. All right. So today I want to welcome to the show, Zach Booth. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Zach, so you're with DFD Mastery and uh, explain to me really quick, what is DFD Mastery? And then we'll jump into everything. Yeah. So DFD stands for driving $4. Um, It's a marketing strategy. You basically drive around, find um, houses that look like they need to be updated, fixed up, you know, the ugly ducklings in the neighborhood, you reach out and uh, find out who owns it and see if they want to sell it. I mean, that's my marketing strategy. Uh, It took me from being a window cleaner to being a millionaire um, in just a handful of years. Uh, Obviously there's, there's a lot to that. Um, But, but yeah, it's changed my life and it's, it's a, a marketing system that I use in two different markets. And it's what I teach other people to, uh, how to get into real estate, real estate investing, and even produce retail leads. So it's, it's what I do. Well, I, I'm excited that you're here um, today to talk about um, about this topic because I know in a lot of states uh, recently, wholesaling has actually become a licensable activity. And um, after watching about a series, which we're going to talk about here in a second, you have a series on YouTube. Um, after watching that series, a lot of what you do actually rolls over to um, the traditional real estate side. So I'm excited because uh, I think what we're going to be able to do is find a good mix between relationships between agents and wholesalers, and also some tactics that can work and benefit, honestly, uh, both in that relationship. So, yeah. So, tell me a little bit about um, about you, right? What led you ultimately to this, getting into wholesaling, and, and that part of your life? Yeah, um, personal side, I'm kind of a simple dude. Uh, I grew up here in Utah, and uh, you know, my childhood was working with my dad and my family, doing lawn mowing businesses. I started working at a really young age and doing outdoor backpacking, bow hunting, like um, just kind of a redneck, honestly. And uh, But having a lack of money made me want to be an entrepreneur. And I remember when I was a young man asking my dad, like, how do you make money? Like, why, why, why are we mowing these rich people's lawns? Why isn't someone mowing our lawn? You know, I started having these thoughts and asked my dad. My dad's like, ask my rich friend. I don't know, son. You know, and I was like, I was like, Clint's not rich. His truck is old. You know, he's like, no, he's just cheap, son. He's really rich. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I asked him and he told me to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 14 and it opened up my eyes to entrepreneurship, uh, real estate in general. But, but more than anything, he, you know, he talks about owning your own, you know, uh, owning your own business and, and being responsible for your own business, being responsible for your own financial situation. So I started thinking. And so when I turned 17, um, I had done all sorts of jobs. I had lived in Nova Scotia, Canada for summer working. I had done taxidermy. I had done, I had made cheese. I had framed houses and finished carpentry. And I worked in a wood mill and, um, you know, yard maintenance from the time I was like 11 years old and I was done. I wanted to do my own thing. So I started a business when I was 17. It was a window cleaning company. And, um, it did okay, you know, for, 
especially at that age, not having any personal, you know, I'm, my dad cut me off financially at 16, but I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to pay for food, you know, and he helped a little bit in my clothing, but everything else, if I wanted to play high school ball, I mean, all those things I had to pay for. And so it kind of forced me to, to want to get out of an hourly wage and be able to make more money with less time. So I started this window cleaning business and a decade later, um, it, it had grown quite a bit. You know, I had three trucks and 13 employees and I had had some videos on YouTube to train my, my uh, window cleaning technicians from the outside looking in. I was super successful. You know, those ended up blowing up millions and millions of views. I ended up on the history channel because of it. Just crazy things happened because of the window cleaning business. Uh, more than anything, I learned a lot. Um, and I learned that I was making a lot of mistakes as a leader, had a lot of turnover um, and I was paycheck to paycheck. And I, um, you know, I had a, a little boy in that process with my beautiful wife and I love my family. They're such a huge motivator and driver. I joke with my wife all the time that if I wasn't married, I'd have way more money. You know, she's the, she's definitely the spender and I'm the cheap one. You know, I'm the, I'm like my buddy, my dad's buddy, you know, Clint cheap. I have money, <laughs> but I'm cheap, you know? And, but anyways, I joke with her that I'd have more money, but the, the truth is, is I wouldn't have the desire and motivation and drive without that family to love and to take care of, you know? And then when my, when my son was born, I had kind of dabbled in real estate, but that day he was born, all I could think about is how I'm going to pay these medical bills. How am I going to cover, you know? It's a, yeah, it's a scary moment. It's a uh, scary moment. <laughs> yeah, it sucked, honestly. Like, cause I was so excited to be a dad and what sucked is I couldn't focus on being a dad cause I was just focusing on the money which, which, which was bothering me inside. It was bothering me that I was worried about the money and I was worried about the money. So I was, I was mad at myself for being stressed and I was stressed, you know, it was just a horrible emotion and I wanted to change that. And, uh, I knew I had to get into real estate and that's kind of what led me to really jump in. You know, I had bought a duplex and, you know, I had done a few things, but I'd hit so many obstacles. I really understood that if I, if I wanted to do it, I really had to, to take it more serious. Okay. And so, you know, did you, you explored some different options? Did you ever go the traditional real estate route or has it always been more towards the wholesale route? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be a sales rep. You know, I understood that just getting a real estate license, all I do is represent sellers and buyers. I just be a glorified sales rep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an investor. I wanted to hold properties. I wanted to take advantage of appreciation of the house becoming you know, worth more. I knew that if my money was parked in cash, I would lose value because the government goes and prints money and steals the equity in that dollar bill. And I knew if I held cash, it wouldn't do me any good. But if I held actual assets like real estate and all the studying I had done, it was the best investment strategy. It was the only investment strategy that you could continually you know, sell your asset and, and tax-free roll it back into another asset, right? You can't do that with stocks. You can't do that with other, other assets for the most part. I mean, you, you can. Anyways, I don't want to yeah, get down I, that rabbit hole. <laughs> but for the most part, it was the easiest and most organized strategy to build wealth. Um, and then also the idea of holding properties and having cash flow. Um, and but I had all these obstacles, like I said, I bought my first duplex, it was awesome. I was making a ton of money, you know, it was like four hundred dollar a month payment. I got lucky because it was 2012, banks were unloading foreclosures. So it was pretty hard to buy a bad deal. It yeah. really was. I mean, you kind of had to be a dummy, yeah, and to lose money um on a rental then. And and I, you know, my one side rented for like eight hundred bucks. It's crazy. 
Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is so easy. I'm so smart. I'm just going to do a lot of this. But then when I went to the bank for my second loan, they're like, we need to put 25% down. I was like, well, I don't have that. They're like, and your debt to income and this and this. And they just kept giving me all these things because the first one I bought was a primary residence loan. So it's different when you're trying to buy investment properties. So I hit these obstacles. And so I was like, well, now what do I do? Because I'm pretty much paycheck to paycheck with my my window cleaning business. I'm trying to grow this business, but the bigger I got, the less money I made. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of right. this weird paradigm. I was most profitable was me and two guys, you know. So I had this big operation, and I'm not sure what to do. And when I started listening to podcasts, just like this, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do I get into this business? And I learned about real estate wholesaling, where it's basically you do some marketing, you find someone that wants basically a pawn shop for their house. You then can negotiate seller finance or taking over mortgages. And I could build my portfolio and cherry pick the best of the deals. And the ones that want cash offers and you get them even at a discount, you could pass those flip opportunities or the buy and hold opportunities off to another investor and get an assignment. And I'm like, that's the business I need to be in because I can start to cherry pick the best deals for myself and get cash flow. And I can walk away from window cleaning. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And when I finally understood that, um, I had kind of dabbled, hired a coach that was horrible, honestly. I, I mean, I'm not going to say names or anything, but it was, he was just selling information, right? He wasn't yeah. selling action steps and results. And um, kind of gave up for a while, got a bad taste in my mouth for it all, kind of thought it was too good to be true. Um, but then I met my first motivated seller. I made, met a guy named Stan Nielsen. I was washing his windows, extremely wealthy. And uh, he's a developer and got talking to him. And I told him, man, if I could just get two rentals this year after like an hour and a half conversation with him, he's like, oh, that's convenient. I got these two rentals. I haven't collected rents in four months. I don't want to deal with them. I've got these multi-million dollar developments. I don't want these rentals anymore. Will you buy them? It's like, sure. How much? He's like half a million. I was like, okay, great. I can't get a loan. He's like, oh, no worry. I'll be the bank. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, could you put 20% down? I was like, no. <laughs> you know, I was like, I put two, 2,000, you know. Yeah. He's like, okay, sure, that works. I was like, holy hell. And I remember I was like, well, let's get a, you know, let's get an attorney to help draft up. He's like, no, we don't need that. And he grabs a white paper and just starts writing out the terms. He's like, take this to the title company. I'll come back from vacation. We'll close the deal. And I'm just like terrified. I'm trying to yeah. convince him that, that we can't do that. You know, you can't write the contract. So he's just way more educated, way more experienced. And he basically hands over more than $100,000 in equity in these houses. And it cash flows for over a thousand bucks between the two. You know, and I was like, wow, like it exists. There are intelligent, successful people that want a pawn shop for their house, yeah. right? They want to pass it on to someone that they like. They want to pass it on to someone they know they can take care of it. And it's not going to be a headache for them anymore. And, and they can be done. Right. And I can succeed because I take care of them and I make money. And so that experience made me go get another coach and go for it again. And and that's when really things got going. So, so at that point you just hit your hole in one, like playing golf, right? (laughs) It's the most frustrating sport out there. All of a sudden you have this magical shot and then you're hooked. And, and so that was your first deal. And that was in 2012. Is that what you said? That was, that was in 2017. So I had bought a couple, I had tried flipping a house with some private money. I had fallen on my face more than once before that. Right. But I learned about wholesaling and motivated sellers and all that stuff. And I said, that's BS. No one will sell their house at a massive discount. There's no reason for it. Cause I thought that's not true because it's not true to me. I wouldn't sell a house at a discount, Yeah, but I'm not in those people's situations, right? I'm not a tired landlord. I haven't gone through a divorce. I didn't inherit properties, right? Like all the reasons people want a pawn shop for their house. I had never dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
having that experience made me a believer. Having that experience made me go, wow, this is actually an uplifting, high integrity business if you do it right, if you find the right people. Now, yeah. what do I need to do is figure out how to find the right people? How do I continue yeah. to find a Stan Nielsen? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I found a coach that was consistently getting other people results. His name was Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffine. They no longer coach. So grateful for those two gentlemen. They gave me the action steps. Um, so I joined their program. Sorry, I bought that. The Stan Nielsen was 2016. Forgive okay. me. Um, so beginning of 2017 is when I hired those two coaches, implemented the action steps, and I did my first traditional wholesale deal. And it was funny, they, this, the first traditional where I actually sold the purchase contract because you know traditional wholesaling, you don't have to have the money to invest in the houses. You don't have to make a cash offer. So I had it under contract for 80,000 cash offer. And I found a buyer that would be willing to pay me $10,000 to buy my contract. I assigned it to him. He closed on the contract for the 80 and gave me 10. Mm -hmm. And that was in April of 2017. And those sellers were two wealthy gentlemen. Um, they held over a hundred rental, uh, over a hundred doors at one point, mm -hmm. um, had a falling out in their partnership. And it was the last door they owned. It was the last single family house that they owned. And they got my postcard and they're like, yeah, man, it's our last one. We'll take 80. They gave yeah. me the number. Wow. If you can do it in two weeks, we'll do it. Yeah. I'm like, sure, I'll try. You know, let's go for it. And then yeah. my buyer had a tax 1031 exchange, needed a property quick, and it worked out, right? I helped two people and I made a, a $10,000 assignment. I was hooked, man. Nice. I was, it was, it was, I was, I was rolling after that. So, yeah, after that, you're, the rest is history, right? So, yeah. Since then, uh, I'm, I'm, how many, <laughs> like if you could put a number to it, how many wholesaling deals have you done since then? Um, a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't even know how many I have under contract right now. I have okay. two acquisition managers. I can tell you numbers of how much I've made gross, right? Okay. Honest. And most of my revenue, probably 80% of my revenue is off of uh, assignments. We do a few flips. Um, and obviously I have my separate company that I cherry pick and hold, right? But just yeah. off of assignments and flips, um, by the end of 2018, so from April, sorry, 2017, from April to the end of the year, we did about 115,000. Mm -hmm. The next year we did just shy of a half a million. The next year we did 1.2 million. Last mm -hmm. year we did, I took a step back because I started coaching. Mm -hmm. I actually, a lot of people are like, well, if you make so much money, why do you coach? You know, it's like, well, I actually gave up money to coach because it yeah. fulfills me. So the next year we actually only did like 700,000 because I completely took a step. I stepped aside and gave all the responsibilities to my team. We did 7 million or 700,000 last year. This year though, we are already over a million. Wow. So we're on track to do like 1.5 to 1.8. And we've got a, we've got a flip that should produce 300,000. So okay. Yeah, we've we've we're gonna have a, our biggest year ever this year. So so you've got a plan and it's working. And um, you know, I was actually um, I was tuning in to a uh, a series that you actually had produced, um, and you did this this crazy thing. Like you're from Utah, you said, "Hey, I'm going to a market I've never been to before." You took a thousand dollars, and your goal was in forty days to make forty k. Yeah. Right? So um, talk to us about, about that. And then I want to dive into um, a part of that series that really caught my eye and my attention was the relationships that you built, uh, built between agents and yourself as a wholesaler. Yeah. Well, I, I accidentally became a coach. <laughs> 
and I can, I don't know, maybe you want to know, maybe you don't, I don't want to bore anybody, but I accidentally became a coach. And so when I found myself as a coach, I found myself wanting to inspire people and show people how possible this business is. Cause I thought back to myself, I was a skeptic. It's like, it's too good to be true. You can't make that kind of money. No one's going to sell their house at a discount. And if they do, you're taking advantage of them. I had all these doubts and negative thoughts around wholesaling. And I was like, well, what made me a believer? What made me a believer is meeting Stan Nielsen, right? Mm -hmm. The guy I wash windows for. And I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I inspire other people? And I was up super late one night and I was like, well, why don't I just give the same gift to others that was given to me of meeting mm -hmm. Stan Nielsen? And so I was like, well, I'm going to go do it. I can't do it in my own market. You know, if I go out and do the business in my own market, they'll be like, yeah, but you have connections and you have money and you have a team and you have all these things that they don't have that I didn't have in the beginning. I'm like, okay, well, I have to do this from scratch. Not only do I have to do it from scratch, I have to go somewhere where I know nothing about the real estate market and I have no friends, no connections. Mm -hmm. And it was winter time. So I was like, oh, let's go to Tampa <laughs> because <laughs> it's warm. You know, that was like my criteria. It's, it's a big enough population. And like, I knew there was deals, right? Because yeah. there's houses. And, um, <clears throat> so I rented an Airbnb. I rented a car. And um, the reason I chose $40,000 is because that's the average income an American makes per year. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's like 60,000, I think 61,000 average income if you have a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, if I can make 40 grand in 40 days, which I completely blew out of the water, by the way, yeah. if I could make that money in 40 days, that would be proof of concept. And, and, and I, uh, the 40 grand in 40 days, it was a sexy tagline. It's good marketing, right? That's, that's why I did that. But the real motivation behind it for me, because I didn't care about the 40 grand. I don't need mm -hmm. it. And, and honestly, I, I threw away a ton of money by only starting with a thousand bucks. Because the other thing is most people don't have a huge amount of budget. They don't have 20, 30 grand to dump into marketing per month like I'm doing right now, right? right. To build this large business. And so I was like, okay, well, I only get a thousand bucks. I'm going to bootstrap from the ground up in a whole new market. I'm going to have a film crew follow me. A thousand bucks and make 40 grand in 40 days. I could have made way more if I'd have had more marketing dollars, right? Yeah. But I, but I wanted to make it real to what people would would actually have to do and the grind that they would have to deal with. And so I went out and that was the challenge. And I did it for the whole purpose. And I said a prayer before I went. I said, God, you know, I'd love to make the 40 grand, but at least please bless me with a Stan Nielsen. Please bless me that I can find someone that that has the success, that has the wealth, that, that I can show people that you can have high integrity mm -hmm. and help and serve someone and build a positive relationship and make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, day four, that happened. Yeah. It, was, it was, so to me, day four and on, everything else was just icing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was amazing. Well, well, and it's a great series. If you, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, um, just Google, you know, DFD D mastery and, yeah. or, you know, thousand bucks. Yeah. Zach booth. You can Google all that. It'll yep. pop up and you can watch that whole series. It's really good. <laughs> but in that series, um, and I want to talk about, uh, two things, like I said, uh, creating relationships. Let's start there because a part of you going to a whole new market with no connections, you had to build relationships Yeah, and you had to build some key relationships. So let's talk fast. about, yeah, fast. Do fast. <laughs> so let's talk about the reason why you, uh, developed a relationship with, with some agents and how you went about doing that. And the purpose behind it. Yeah. So I, I, I want to develop relationships with agents for a few reasons. Okay. First of all, I didn't know the market. I didn't know what properties were worth. 
And I knew for a fact that if I was doing marketing, a lot of my leads would be motivated sellers, investor opportunities, because I'm tagging the worst of the properties in the neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of those people, when they do sell, they want an investor, right? Um, Or if they go to an agent, they say, hey, I want it done fast. And agents call it pocket listings, right? And Mm -hmm. they just go to their cash buyers that they know and done fast, right? Double closed. Um, or, or, you know, they, a lot of times don't even hit the MLS. So I knew I had to do that, but I knew that I would also find properties in good condition. They're not in a hurry and they just want to list with an agent. So I knew if I built some relationships, I would be able to, uh, pass those leads on to an agent. Mm -hmm. And then that way they could get me, uh, comps and that kind of stuff. It would be, you know, they could serve me. I could serve them. They could make some money. I would make some money and everybody wins. Right. The other reason I needed to build connections is I needed to get to know all the cash buyers, all the flippers I get. Cause once I found a deal, I needed to have the investors to pass the opportunity on, right? So I needed to make my assignment. The flipper needed to make their amount, but I needed to get those connections. And so I started reaching out to the other wholesalers and real estate agents um, from the very beginning while I was doing the marketing, right? It was a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I know. And I know along the way, um, there was a couple instances where you did have a conversation um, with, with a potential seller, right? A potential deal for you. And you ended up referring it to an agent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if a lot of people are like, well, how do you know if it goes to an agent or if it goes to an investor? Um, so if you listen to my call on day four, if you watch day four, you'll, you'll meet Jerry. He's the guy I prayed for, right? He was mm-hmm. like, it was like checked all the boxes for all the things I prayed for. I was so emotional by the end of all of that. He's actually been on my podcast. He's since passed away from cancer beautiful human being. I love him to death. And I love his wife, Lynn. I actually talked to her two days ago. And, uh, you know, this is what, eight months after the event and, Mm -hmm. um, lifelong friends, I'm sure. But anyways, I called Jerry and Jerry didn't even know what addresses he had. So it's like, Oh, this guy has more than one property, right? Call him out of the blue. I was like, well, do you have any, you want to sell? He says, matter of fact, I do. And he starts telling me about them over the phone. They're in great Mm -hmm. condition. I said, well, Jerry, you might get more money if you just list with an agent. Why don't you do that? Mm -hmm. And Jerry says, I don't care. You can listen to it. The biggest thing is you talk to them about their options, right? Just like any good agent or any good human being, right? Like, like for example, my negotiation strategy does not change. If my brother called me, if my cousin called me, if my mom called me, or if a seller calls me, my scripts do not change. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I say, Hey, like if you really want the most money, you can list it with an agent. That's what Mm -hmm. I would tell my brother. Mm-hmm. But I can have it done quick, but but I need to make some money along the way. What do you want to do? Well, right. I don't want to list with an agent because of XYZ. I don't care. I just want it done fast. Okay, fine. And I've had this exact conversation with my cousin. I've done a deal with my cousin. This was the exact yeah. conversation. And this was the moment I was like, aha, like I'm doing this right. My, my conversation didn't change. And so I have that conversation. And a lot of the times like, well, I might just list it with an agent. I'm not really sure what I want to do. I'll go meet with them. I'll go talk about the property. I'll look at the condition. You know, we'll run through options and what they really want, what they really need. And and a lot of the times you pass to an agent because, Mm -hmm. or if you're a real estate agent, you list it for them. I have a lot of students that are, they, they, they want investment opportunities. They want to build net worth. They want to grow their cash flow, all those things. So they, they wholesale and cherry pick the ones that that fits the needs of the seller. Um, and then list the other ones. I don't want to be an agent. I don't want to deal with the the hoopla of, of the yeah. brokerages and stuff, but that's a personal preference, right? I don't, like I said, I, I've never wanted to be, I still don't even want to go do the seller's appointments anymore. I want to mm-hmm. own and run companies. That's my thing. Right. 
right? So it depends on what you're trying to do, but yeah, you can totally just talk about what their needs are. Yeah. And I, and I think that's good. And that's one thing that really caught me about the, the relationship aspect, because honestly, I mean, talking to wholesalers and, and stuff over the years, like there's a stigma, right? Like there, there's a, a stereotype stereotypes for a reason, right? For, for a reason. And at the end of the day, what I, what caught me about your series is that, um, you know, you're dialing, you're actually on the phone with sellers, you're having that same conversation. And a couple of times during that whole series, you know, I caught you actually saying, Hey, well, if you're already listed, then cool. Like go list it, sell it. And you kind of backed off a little bit and you respected that, right? You respected that agreement, which was amazing. Um, And at the same time, there was other times where you referred it and said, you know, it sounds like you need to list it. So go list it. Here's a great agent that you could refer it to. Right. Yeah. So I I think that's really great. Um, You know, building the relationships between yourself, between agents and vice versa, because um, the next thing I want to jump into is, is talking about, uh, your processes a little bit because your processes, um, now don't get me wrong, watching the series, uh, you looked exhausted like 10 days in, like you look just like zonked and it, it, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it was a ton. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> horrible. But, but what I, your grit, like your determination to get through it, what I saw was a very similar tactic. Um, that an agent could actually implement in their business 100%. and they can identify those potential investment opportunities if they choose to, or, you know, they could always turn it over to a potential investor slash wholesaler. Right. Yeah. So talk to us about your, your, your process. Um, I love what you said here. You must have constant and predictable lead flow. Um, so talk to us about that uh, process that you go to finding potential sellers um, in any market. Yeah. So in the 40 day challenge, what I used is an app called deal machine, right? It's, I don't own it or anything. There's more than one driving for dollars app. Um, but uh, deal machine, you can use my discount code pin to get better pricing and so forth. So P I N so deal machine, you can drive around and tag properties or even from the comfort of your own home. For example, let's say you have a buyer that wants a house in a particular neighborhood. There's no inventory. So you can tag all of those properties and then, and it basically uploads into an Excel spreadsheet of, of the owner's name, the property address, the mailing address, and that kind of stuff. You can pay more for phone numbers, but there's a better place to get phone numbers for a much better price. So it's called batchskiptracing.com for uh, for phone numbers. So batchskiptracing.com, you can use my discount code DFD, stands for driving for dollars, DFD, and that'll get you... F- uh, phone numbers, I think for like 15 cents or something like that, which mm-hmm. is way cheaper than you would get on deal machine. So then you can get phone numbers and call them. Uh, you can also get emails, you can get, um, you know, different things you can. And then, and then once you have that list created, then you reach out to them. Many of you agents have triple line dialers. I was usually using mojocells.com. Many of you have heard of it. There's lots of dialing platforms uh, Mojo's too big for me. So I have no discount to give you. They won't even talk to me. <laughs> I'm just a small fry guys. So, um, that's, uh, that's what I was using on the challenge. Um, but there's texting pa- platforms, batch leads, batch leads.com is, uh, where I do my texting out of. So if you guys want to do texting batch leads.com discount code DFD as well. So, you know, the funny thing is this strategy works for retail and finding off market properties. It depends on what you're tagging. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you an example. Friday, my wife finally gave me the green light to move to the neighborhood. I've always wanted to. 
So as a window cleaner, I washed in all the wealthy neighbors, neighborhoods across the, um, you know, across Utah. And I love this little niche. It's called Mountain Green. You can look it up, Mountain Green in Utah. And it's just up the canyon, five miles. It's beautiful. It's like the mountain views. It's Utah, right? It's uh -huh. the Utah dream right. for me, at least. And she's like, oh, it's too far. She's from Sao Paulo, 18 million people. So, I mean, Utah in general is just rural for her. And then you kind of take it a little outside, you know, <laughs> you got farms and it smells like, like horse poop at different times. Yeah. There's horse fields, you know, but anyways. Yeah. She, uh, she met some ladies that she became friends with and they were talking up, um, talking up mountain green Friday night. She says, Zach, I think I would look, I would look at moving to mountain green. Cause we were talking about buying our ni a nicer house and where we're at now. And mm -hmm. I was like, let's go for it. And so I was like, let's go for a drive right now. So I, so we started driving through all the neighborhoods. I said, I want you to identify where you want to live. I'll find you a house. Just tell me what neighborhoods you want. We identified this little neighborhood. Um, it has about a hundred and 122 houses in the neighborhood. I know this because I did the marketing 122 houses and had 12 empty lots. So I tagged with deal machine, the 12 empty lots, pulled up the information, got the phone numbers and cold called them. Mm -hmm. And none of them would sell me the lots because that was preferred. I'd rather build that didn't work out. So then I set up a texting campaign to the other 120 and I did this over the weekend. By Monday, I had a full retail because the problem is when anything goes up on market right now, you have 15 offers, mm -hmm. but I was able to text and say, Hey, I want to live in your neighborhood. And if you're an agent, you say, Hey, I have a seller or a buyer that would like to buy. You can skip the full 6% if you want to sell. Right? So your script might change a little bit, but I texted everyone and said, skip commissions. I'll buy mm -hmm. a full retail. And, um, within a day I have a house mm -hmm. that they're wow. going to sell me. There you go. Congrats. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. My wife is like, you're a freak. Like, how did you find a house that fast? I was like, I was like, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. You know, Brad, you know, I felt pretty confident, but, but yeah, that the strategies are the same. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. It just depends on what you're trying to find. Well, so, and I, okay. So recapping what I just heard you say, it was actually very simple. It's a very simple process. Yeah. Um, it just takes you getting out there driving neighborhoods, tagging homes, and yep. then cold calling. Right? <clears throat> yeah, I, and, and then that retail, I, I, the only thing I drove was to tag the 12 lots. Right. And then I knew every other parcel because it's a Google Maps image yeah. and you can see each individual parcel, right? So once I got the Google Maps image, once I tagged the 12, I tagged the 12 and that was a separate list. And then I went in and just from my house, tagged the other ones really quick. So it was like a five minute drive to do yeah. the 12. And then I tagged the rest at my house and did two different separate lists. And I cold called the one and I texted the other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like I said, our marketing strategy is pretty simple. You drive mm -hmm. around, identify properties that fit whatever criteria you want, whether you're doing finding a retail deal for someone, whether you're flipping a house or wanting to find flips with your own, you know, or, or rentals that for your portfolio, or if you're trying to be a general wholesaler like me, right? You identify those properties, you tag them, you, mm -hmm. you, you know, deal machine does a lot of the heavy lifting of finding out and, and batch skip tracing of how to contact them. Right. And then you reach out and see if they want to sell. They right. don't want to sell there. Don't push it. Right? right. You're not convincing anybody of anything. You're, you're finding you're a deal finder, not a deal creator, yeah. right? You don't have to be an amazing negotiator. You have to yeah. be kind. You have to build a relationship. You have to care about people and be a good communicator. But, you, but the last thing you want to do is sell people a catch up popsicle. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants that. Man. Well, um, I think that's, that's so good. So what I'm taking away from today is two things. Um, if you don't have a relationship either with a wholesaler, like 
I would <laughs> recommend you start reaching out and building that relationship because there may be potential listings there if you're an agent, but also uh, there could be deals that you could pass back and forth to one another and work, start working together. Right. Yep. 100%. Um, second thing is uh, keep it simple. Uh, and go go out there. And if you're looking for listings right now or looking for opportunities, either wholesaling and or uh, to potentially list properties, um, use the tactics that Zach was talking about today and just go drive out, drive the properties, tag them, get the information and then pick up the phone, text them, call them and, yeah. and find the deals that are out there. And that's what it takes right now in today's market um, to succeed, whether you're an agent and or a wholesaler. So I love that. So um, can I, can I add one more quick thing? Yeah. One thing that I see is a huge mistake that agents make is they talk about how they have this fiduciary responsibility and they think they're, they're really caring about people and they kind of are self-righteous in my opinion, but they're actually not really trying to add a massive amount of value and serve people. For example, in today's market, you make more money with listings because there's more buyers than sellers. So if you mm -hmm. get a listing, dude, you're done. You money in the bank. Right. And so they're like, I don't want to work with buyers because it's a pain in the ass. But if you can work, find buyers, right? This is a strategy that I would use. I would find buyers mm -hmm. because if you can find a buyer and find them a house, guess what? You're going to make money guaranteed. So well, you can easily find buyers. You say, tell me what neighborhoods and I will find yeah. you a house. You do the marketing, you hustle your ass off. You find a listing. You say, Hey guys, I've got a buyer that will buy your house. Do you have any interest in selling door knock cold call? Yeah. And then, and then you, you put them both together. You can get 4%, 6%, 7% on the deal. And you made it all happen because you hustled and you worked really hard instead of just calling people, Hey, can I list your house? Hey, can I list your house? It's like, you don't care about that person. You just want your commission. You just want to list the house. You're actually not there to help them. You're just worried about your paycheck. Well, that's a very good point. And I know we've talked about this before uh, on the show and um, also in some trainings and stuff that we've done, yep. but it's, it's go out there and and hustle and find it. But instead of having to do, you know, 24, 36 deals a year, what if you only had to do 12 and then you found 12 people a home that you sold and you helped them find a new place to live. Right. Yep. And if you showed that same level of service to every customer moving forward, like what's your value then? Like yep. you, can't, you can't be matched in your market. You're, you're, so. you're then the agent that gets referred. Yeah. Like, this guy's amazing. He found me a house in the neighborhood. There was nothing listed. And he yeah. went out and door knocked for me. Yeah. You want a house, you got to call this guy yeah. because you're serving the need of the current market system and yeah. what the, what the economy's doing, right? You're solving all the problems that your, your buyers and sellers are having. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, Zach, thank you so much uh, for, for hopping on the show today and, and, and telling us all about what you do. Um, so any, any last words of wisdom, <laughs> if there was one thing that you could leave the audience with today, uh, what would that be? Invest in education. One of the biggest mistakes I made from the time I was a young man is I tried to just hustle and I had this limiting belief. I told myself all the time that I was dumb, so I had to hustle and it might be kind of true, <laughs> but, but I can read, right? Mm -hmm. And I can listen to podcasts um, and I can pay for mentors and I can learn, right? I might not, not be able to retain as well as I would like. I might not, um, I might not be able to test well at all, like embarrassingly bad. Yeah. I might not be able to remember names. I have some struggles, but my life changed when I, when I finally was humble enough to learn from other people that have had success and just duplicate the action steps that they were taking. And uh, my life exploded. I've, I've spent more on education from courses and coaches than I would on three college degrees at this mm -hmm. point. 
um, in the last five years. And it's, it's completely changed my life, books, podcasts. So continue to invest in yourself. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm preaching to the choir, but continue to invest in yourself. I love that. Well, um, everybody, we've been talking to Zach Booth with DFD Mastery. Um, Zach, thank you so much again for being on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Broker to Broker Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the channel. For more information, tools, and resources, go to www.brokertobrokerpodcast.com. And always remember, be you and be real. We'll see you on the next episode.